top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Well, we put a spell on you long enough to have you stick around through the commercial, and we appreciate you being here with us on Gun Freedom Radio for our Scary Things Halloween show. We are Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform, and we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, as I said, our show today is Scary Things, and Jeff Knox is going to be talking with us about how scary it might be for those of us who value our Second Amendment rights if in this next election the Republican candidate doesn't end up being uh, elected as our president. And with that, I will bring Jeff to the show. Are you with us, Jeff? Absolutely, Cheryl. Glad to be back. So excited to have you on always and always enjoy our chat. So, gosh, I, I really don't know where to start because I, when I first asked you to come on, things were looking a lot more gloomy for our Republican candidate. And after yesterday with the thing that James Comey came out and talked about, I don't, I don't know. This is like a roller coaster. <laughs> so where yeah, are you with everything? It's pretty crazy, and trying to keep up with it is is uh, interesting. Um, but I, and I'll tell you what, I I hadn't even seen it last night. I was working on some other stuff and, and had been out all day, and um, had some things that I really needed to, to get out the door. And so I came home and sat down at my computer and started skinning these things out. And I got a call from. John Pepper out in Pennsylvania, and John is the creator of the Pepper Popper that anybody who's ever shot steel targets is familiar with the Pepper Popper. Hmm. Um, but John's a, an 87-year-old Korean War vet, great guy, just a hero of, of the whole gun world, um, and, and has done things forever and ever. Anyway, he called me and he said, well, Jeff, what do you think? And I said, I have no idea, John, what are you talking about? And he uh, uh, told me, and I started searching all over the Internet. And the thing that really got me was looking at the headlines on all of the major media outlets, except Fox. The main headline on all of them was Clinton demands answers. (laughs) Clinton wants to know, demands the FBI release the information. Really? you know, uh, it was all her. Yeah. They, they spun it. Just, it, it's amazing to look at it. The pivot. Um, there it is. Well, she's their leader, isn't, isn't it? Isn't Clinton the leader right. of all the media? Well, right. One Absolutely. would think. Holy cow. Well, and so many people have pointed out that if they really want to know, there's no reason why Huma can't, you know, Huma Amadine can't just tell us all what's on there. So uh, Right. Absolutely. So you yeah, I mean, reveal, it's her. Reveal it. And well, that's what 
Anthony Weiner was doing in the first place that caused all of this mess. But, but um, bum. boy, uh, I left you wide open for that one. Okay, I, I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Uh, so you have to, you have to, though, you have to just love the the names that fit. Um, it's you know, crazy. Anthony Weiner and and who was it? Bernie Madoff with everybody's money, right? Um, it, 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 who's writing so this poetic. book anyway? Seriously. Yeah. So, but, all right. Uh, so, reeling it back right. in, what? Uh, why is it so important to those of us that love our Second Amendment rights? What are some of the key reasons why it's important for uh, the Republican candidate? Let's just take the guy's name off because there's still people that are on the fence about the guy, and let's just right. look at the the policies. Um, but we have we have only one choice. We have only one choice. There there isn't any. Either it's the guy. Or it's Hillary Clinton. There, there is no in between. There is no alternative. There, there isn't anything else. Either it is him or it is her. And I'm not with the herd. Um, it, it. Here's where it's going. The most, arguably, the most verbal and and stalwart defender of rights on the uh, Supreme Court died earlier this year. That seat is sitting open and is going to be filled by the next president unless the Republicans decide to cave in and, and, and give Obama's nominee a nod. But um, either way, that would mean that, that the Second Amendment is effectively dead. People argue about that, oh, they have to go through the constitutional process and uh, the star dices, they won't, they won't reverse themselves. They don't have to. They don't have to do any of that. All they have to do is the next case that comes before the Supreme Court on Second Amendment grounds, all they have to do is say, oh, yeah, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals got it right, and all you have to do is is meet this minimum little requirement to get over what the Second Amendment prohibits. Um, hold on, Jeff. Hold on now. Didn't uh, Hillary just say that she believes in the Second Amendment? <laughs> huh? uh, right. She believes in the Second Amendment the way it was interpreted 20 years ago. And that is that if you're a member of a militia or you have some relationship with a, a, a militia that she recognizes, which means the National Guard, then you can maybe have a twenty two rifle that you can shoot at make-believe squirrels, but not real ones because that would be mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the crux. And it's not just that. The Supreme Court, Barack Obama appointed almost, it's like 319, so almost 320 judges to the federal bench. And uh, that's, that's almost a third of, of judges on the federal bench. If we get another four years, and heaven forbid, another eight years of those types of appointments, already nine out of 13 uh, circuit courts of appeal are liberal-leaning. They're officially in the liberal category. And two of the remaining four that are considered conservative are hanging on the edge of a cliff. 
So uh, it's not just the Supreme Court. It's the entire justice system that is up for grabs with this election. And the only way to protect that, to shield that, the only possible way to do that is to not elect Hillary. And the only way to not elect Hillary is to elect the other guy. Wow. So I agree with you on that in every point. And so what about our um, our local level of uh, elections here? How, how important are they to this? They are as well. I, I mean, I am absolutely positively not a fan of John McCain. And uh, I see over and over again friends of mine on Facebook and, and other media who are posting pictures of their early ballot with uh, Kelly Ward written in or, or something like that. Um, and I, I have to tell you guys, please don't do that. Um, the Senate is critical. If, if Donald Trump wins the presidency, we need a solid Republican Congress to keep him in line and to be sure that they're who he has available to work with. If, uh, if Hillary were to win, we absolutely have to have a Republican majority, especially in the Senate, to at least slow down the damage that she's going to cause. So either way, we need that Republican majority. I, when it comes to voting for McCain, I, I'm, I, I don't like it, but at the same time, it is be sure that John McCain and these five or six others that are kind of on the cusp, McCain's not particularly on the cusp, I don't think, but he doesn't have a big enough margin that we can afford to take that chance. Um, and it, it's it's either be sure that we have a Republican majority in the Senate or we're going to be looking at Chuck Schumer as the Senate majority leader. And if if Chuck Schumer, Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer, doesn't give you a, a fright down the back of your neck, then you haven't been paying attention to politics. That guy is an absolute terror. Right. You know, I, I voted last week, and it was very hard for me to uh, put John McCain's name on the ballot, but I did because I know what would happen if if he's not elected, and that's a scary thing. But, you know, a week ago, if we had done this interview, I would say we're in really big trouble. But after the news that's happened this week with the Affordable Health Care Act and what's happened with the emails last night, I think we've got some hope here. I, I really do. I agree with you, uh, Dan. The, they had been winning, and uh, at this point, I think that I see, I see a chance for them to lose. Um, and and I'm I'm so thankful that 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 chance has has come up. Um, one of the things about the the ACA is if you look back. Almost eight years ago, six, seven years ago, Republicans, in a an effort to try and and keep Americans from being harmed by the ACA, they helped to delay implementation of several aspects uh, 
that delay meant that the pain got delayed. And delaying the pain meant that people didn't realize just how horrible this thing was. Because when it comes to to the Affordable Care Act, it, it isn't, they don't, and it's just an act. Uh, I mean, it isn't affordable, they don't care, and it is all just an act. And now, with this news that that we're looking at an average, they say, 25%, which I agree with Donald Trump, I think that that's a lowball number. Mm -hmm. I, I think that they're trying to soften it. I know we have just been going through this with my family. My wife, uh, her her boss retired, that took her job and her health insurance with him, and we had to go out shopping, and what we found was horrifying. Mm. And uh, here, here we sit, and now they're telling us it's going to be even more. Right. It, it's uh, it's a scary thing. It's an absolutely scary. And, thing. And that's what's going to change the voting even more than the emails, because now the people are it's her it's in their pocketbooks now. I mean, our ours right. is going to go up double. You know, you live in Maricopa County. We're going to see a, over a yep. double a double increase, and um, it's it and that's makes after you already a double. Right. It's already doubled previously, and now we're looking at in one year it's doubling again. Right. Exactly. Well, in here and we've got to wrap up, but in here in Arizona, you know where they are looking at at them doubling again. So just in our household of two healthy non-smokers, right? Two years ago we were paying three hundred fifty dollars a month. Now we're paying seven something, and it's, we're looking at possibly fifteen hundred a month. Now that's for our personal health insurance. We are business owners. We own AZ Firearms and Pot of Gold Auctions, and we have staff. Well, we don't supply them insurance. We're not legally required to, and we can't afford to. Yeah. But the minimum wage is on the ballot, and everybody wants to drive the minimum wage up to 12 bucks a, a, an hour and mandatory pay for, for vacation time and that sort of thing. So we would have to absorb both of those things, and we can't raise our prices enough to absorb both of those things so we are either going to have to look at possibly cutting hours, cutting staff members, or, I mean, this would be extreme, but maybe closing the doors. And we're one, yep. we're one example. So this, yep. is, this is important stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody needs to be sure and vote. Uh, get out there and vote. Vote your pocketbook. Vote the Constitution. Um, Vote your grandkids' futures because that's that's what we're looking at right now. It, it is we are teetering on the brink of disaster, and reeling us in from that disaster is going to be a challenge in the best of circumstances. And I guarantee you that President Hillary Clinton, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and heaven forbid. Speaker Pelosi mm. is just, that's not a solution. That's not salvation. That is is uh, racing downhill into the fiery furnace. You just gave me an upset stomach. <laughs> yeah, Dan's going to have to eat some more Halloween candy now. Hey, Jeff, we've got to run. We're a little over time, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on and uh, you know, we'll we'll talk again on the other side of the election and, and see how it all landed. But but you've done your part to, to get the word out, to educate all your readers with uh, you've got a couple of columns. Plug those real quick before we run away. 
Well, if you go to WorldNetDaily, WND.com uh, slash authors slash Jay Knox, um, or just guys go on Facebook, Google Jeff Knox and Guns, and you will find me. Find what I'm writing. There's important information out there. Share it. Give it to other people. Educate, inform, because this this really matters. It really does, and and you've done your part, and I hope everybody else is challenged and encouraged to do their part. Get educated and vote. Jeff Knox, thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, well, stick around, because on the other side of this commercial break, we have a real nightmare before Christmas story with Marcus Weldon, the Detroit Santa shooter, after this. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Scary Things. This is our Halloween show on Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage. We educate and we inform, and sometimes we have a little bit of fun and eat candy, Halloween candy, on the air. And that's what we're doing today. And we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Cheryl, we got to get serious here. What about the pocket constitution giveaway? Oh, my goodness. Thank you for reminding me. That's right. We have these awesome pocket-sized constitutions. You can put the entire Constitution of the United States in your pocket, and you would be surprised. It takes you about 
20, 30 minutes to read the entire thing? And how many of us have actually taken the time to do that? You know, if some people get elected in office, you might be able to read it in two seconds. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Speaking of scary things. Yes. Well, if you would like your very own pocket constitution, we will even pay the postage stamp to get it to you. Please email us at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. That's talk at gunfreedomradio.com. All right. So I promised before the break that we were going to be talking with Marcus Weldon, and I called him the Santa shooter. Now, that doesn't mean he he shot Santa, okay? So calm down out there. He didn't shoot Santa. All right, and we'll let him tell his story. But this is a real-life nightmare before Christmas story of how you can lose your freedom even when you are the trained good guy doing the right thing, protecting your own life with a gun. And we welcome to the show Marcus Weldon. How are you? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? Oh, awesome. And Dan's here with us, too. Hi, Marcus. How Dan. You doing? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? On? It's going good. Good to hear you. Hear good. your voice again. Yeah, we, we had a chance to meet in Florida at the Gun Rights Policy Conference a month or so ago, and we did have Marcus on a, a few weeks back and barely got to skim the surface of his story, and we thought we'd dive in a little deeper today, especially because what you went through definitely is in line with scary things, which is our... Theme. And so um, tell us, you know, kind of a little bit about what happened with you. You, you were involved in an incident um, and and the, the resulting uh, demons in the uh, legal system, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. And I like I, we, I spoke briefly on the story. I'll kind of give you a, the expedited version of the shooting. I had um, left for the Christmas event to help a co-worker out with a tire. Unfortunately, um, yeah, things got a little escalated when uh, my coworker, who was a female, was attacked by a young man um, at the gas station, and it ended up erupting in gunfire when he retrieved his firearm and uh, decided to take it to the next level, and we had a shootout in the parking lot of uh, Detroit Speedway gas station. Mm. Yes, and so, um, but I think the part that actually people, uh, you know, everybody wants to hear the shooting and stuff, but... The calamity that followed the shooting was definitely more devastating than the shooting itself. Absolutely. Uh, the prosecution, the, uh, the prosecuting misconduct that goes uh, un, un, you know, just a kind of a reticent issue that happened so much, and and not just to me, but to so many other individuals, where they trump up charges and they come at the good guy and they you know, force people to take these plea deals because they're afraid that they don't have the funds to actually fight the fight the uh, the case or they don't necessarily have the support, so they tend to sit in jail and, and eat those nasty sandwiches and have to <laughs> and sit in those injur- in that injurious condition, and eventually they end up saying, hey, I'll sign for a year, just let me out of here and take a felony, and now your life is screwed up. Mm. Now they, Marcus, that's what they, I was faced they, with. They offered you a, a plea bargain, right? Yes, they did. What was that plea bargain? Well, I was facing already a minimum 13 years. Uh, the plea bargain was a year. Now, I was on house arrest for a year and a half after sitting in jail for the four days. And um, pretty much they said, hey, you can, you know, there's a big difference between jail and prison. You take a year in jail, you get out on good behavior, six months, you'll be out of the county downtown and you'll be able to go home. 
and, uh, you know, consider, consider it uh, time served. So that one year, which seems like, oh, that's much better than 13. Well, actually, when you look at it, me not being able to provide for my family when I leave out because I wouldn't be able to get employed. I would lose so many different rights. I wouldn't be able to vote. I wouldn't be able to do so many other things that, you know, uh, as an American, you, you you have the right to do. You know, you're now a second-class citizen. It becomes a life sentence is what it does. Yes. So yes. so just real quick, we'll recap. So you're leaving a holiday party. You're dressed as Santa. That's why they called you the Santa shooter, not because you shot Santa. Uh, some guys start hassling your female coworker to the point that you felt like you needed to say, Hey, 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 what's going on here? We're not going to, you know, you're protecting her. The other guy said, well, I've got something for you. Right. And he goes to his car, gets his gun and he starts with, uh, threatening your lives with his firearm. You both end up firing. Neither you or your coworker were injured. You injured him, but no one died. Right. And somehow he doesn't go to trial because apparently he's skipped the country now, right? Correct, correct, He, he correct. got healed up and has skipped the country. Now, the only favor he did you in this whole thing was not dying because you said right. if he had died, then some, some mandatory things would have kicked into play. Even oh, yeah. though, even though you, you were already trained with a firearm, you had your concealed carry license, and you were defending your life and the life of another person. Somehow this lands you on the wrong side of the law and they want to do you a favor by saying, well, you know what? We can just skip this whole thread of 13 years in prison. If you'll just plead to a year. Now, who does that serve? How is that? Why does that happen? Do you even have any ideas about that? Yeah, I do. You know, I, of course, uh, being on house arrest, I had a chance to really do a lot of extensive research. I started to kind of pull back the layers of the the justice system, and I realized that it was uh, focused a lot on occupancy. Um, and it's a thing where these private-owned prisons are getting so much money to keep in a 90% uh, occupancy level. So what you have here is a system that's more like ran like a hotel industry. And it's like, let's fill all these beds up and we'll get funding. And what tends to happen is when they, they get, the prosecutor gets so many um, accolades when they uh, arrest, well, when people are arrested and they prosecute them, so their, their resume looks so good when they have all these different people they prosecute. So their whole mindset is, I need to get as many people this year to take plea bargains or win, I need to win as many cases so I can build my accolades and possibly run for a, a a political seat one day, or, you know, who, who knows, you know, I can maybe be able to run for mayor. They're all thinking on that level. And the justice system is paying a certain amount of money through these private, uh, and these private prisons, depending on how many bodies you get in there. So there's, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's a business. I mean, it's, just a, it's a corporation and it's, it's unfair to the person who does not have the legal funds to afford a legal dream team. And that's that's part on you too to have to try to figure out. Okay, do I just go ahead and take the year, which is six months, or do I go through this expensive attorney? I mean, I imagine you're going to be paying for the attorney for a long time, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you figure. And here's another thing: the turn the attorney is not the most expensive part, especially in self defense cases. It's the forensic experts, the self defense experts, 
all the extra pieces that you have to pay for. You may pay your attorney, let's say, ten grand, but then you, not to mention the bail money you have to pay to get out, but you got all these experts, witnesses that you want to have on your team so you can prove your case, and um, those experts end up being more than the attorney. Wow. I would have never thought that. I, you know, I watch a lot of court cases on TV, of course, and mm-hmm. you'd think that these people are summoned to court. They're not paid to come to court. That's yeah, a whole new light on things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine. And you know, you know, you sound like a conspiracy theorist to people that really don't know. I mean, yeah, and but I can imagine. But you've lived it. You've researched it, and and unlike Dan, sounded like Dan says, I, "I'm not a lawyer, but I watch them on TV." Is that what you just said, Dan? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, Everything I've ever learned was on TV. That's right. Nah. wrong wrong all right well we're gonna run to break but when we come back marcus i want to dig into kind of like your what next like where are you going from this you fought this case you you kept your eye on the prize you you didn't take the plea bargains and and you came out on the other end uh as a free man with a lot of debts unfortunately but uh but you've got some things to say to to the next generation and to the generation right now that's getting ready to step up to the the, the voting ballots and uh, and you're not going to go political. I know that, but but you've got some information that I think might help people. And I, I encourage everybody to stick around through the commercial. We've got more with Marcus Weldon talking about scary things. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Welcome back to the Scary Things edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. 
We're talking to Marcus Weldon. Marcus, you, uh, you know, you're known as the Santa, the Detroit shooter. Santa it's shooter, shooter. and uh, you went through a lot. But the thing I want to know is, you know, you had a different path before this happened. What what's happened now? What's this new path? I'm sure that your things are different now, right? Oh yeah, everything is completely shaken up. So you kind of have a a mission in life right now. Uh, We were talking off the air, and uh, when we get talking off the air, we we need like three or four hours, (laughs) right? Because we just... Yes, we do. We we really uh, dig into things and and think a lot alike about things. And and so um, when we were pre-gaming a little bit, I was like, all right, so in a sentence, what would you say your mission is moving forward? Well, you know, my goal is to bridge the gap between the urban community and the suburban communities here in in our country. Uh, Right now, we're in a situation where I believe um, a lot of people aren't putting themselves in other people's shoes. And I'm here to really, uh, I'm I'm basically a living, walking testimony. And I've seen sides, I grew up in Detroit my entire life, and I've seen uh, both sides of the fence. Because I also uh, went to not only Detroit public schools, but I went to schools in the suburbs. And now I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap and say, hey, we need to come together. We need to, you know, expound upon some things that are, aren't really talked about in our community. Well, and I, I agree with you so much about that. And, you know, you you lived the, um, you know, going to school in a, in a school that was in the hood. And then you had the opportunity, like you said, to go to a more middle-class type school, and you saw some some major and marked differences. And so yeah. you're you're thinking to yourself, so okay, what what do we do for people that are in an area that maybe they're not learning all the same uh, things that you know the, the the kids that are in the hood, but even the kids that are in the middle uh, middle-class neighborhoods they're still not learning the same history that I learned when I grew up. So what, right. what do we do about that? Well, you know, there is a, um, a large chunk of history that has been missing in American history. You know, I know we, we you hear a black history. Well, I think both of those are intertwined. You have black history. It really was is American history, too, as well. When you talk about the American Revolution and you talk about different guys like Frederick Douglass and you talk about, you know, Booker T. Washington, James Armistead. you got so many different characters that kind of just, you know, they fall on the wayside and it's kind of like, oh, well, we're going to focus, focus here on Martin Luther King and more of the, the, the people who, you know, maybe are, people can, I wouldn't necessarily say relate to, but remember, because it was not too long ago that Martin Luther King was here. And, and that's definitely, and I'm not, you know, Martin Luther King is a great figure. I, I have a poster of him on my wall and everything. That's great. But there's so many, so much history that has been left behind, and I think bringing it to light will empower an individual. And uh, there's nothing wrong with having, a, you know, cultural pride and embracing your racial, uh, 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 your racial heritage. And and there's no problem, I don't think at all, to say, hey, listen, here's some guys in American history that you know Booker T. Washington self-educated, built a school from scratch. And, and I mean, literally the bricks and everything. And you got guys like Frederick Douglass who taught himself how to read and had a meeting with Abraham Lincoln in the White House and getting, giving Abraham Lincoln, uh, critiquing his speeches. I mean, this, is, this stuff was empowering when I read it. I said, wow, why aren't we learning this? 
And so why, whether then, whether there's a reason why we are or are not learning it, uh, what we were saying off the air is that, you know, you kind of want to personally challenge people on an individual level to spend, right. spend their off hours, you know? So you go to school from eight to three or something like that, right? Depending on where right. you're going to, right. to school and you're in elementary school. And, you know, you, you go from K to 12, you know, you, you graduate when you're a senior in high school. What are you doing with the rest of your time? Can you find a yeah. book? Can you, yeah, can, can, you, you <laughs> can you dig into some history? Can you do something to educate yourself on the, the bits and pieces that, that are missing either because there's time constraints or maybe there's politics involved or whatever the case may be? Uh, so you're really thinking about, you know, just challenging the individual to, to step up to their own plate, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you have, you know, books, library. We, we're in a technology age where you have everything at your fingertips. People are going on YouTube and going on Facebook and they're going, you know, they're, they're using it for the wrong reasons. I think sometimes the frivolous things are great when, you, you know, if you want to just kind of, you know, relax. But let's let's look at some things you can do. You can YouTube some of these guys. You can uh, research. You can pick up books. Uh, I tell people, you know, you got Carter G. Woodson. You got all these different books out here. They're just floating around, and no one's really picking it up and digging deep in it. That second education that you need to give yourself outside of school. And, you know, I think when we start to, uh, uh, you know, and it starts in the home. You know, I, I think I'm, me, I'm a father, and I'm, I, my daughter now, she's seven, and I'm already telling her different things. Hey, you know, this, of course, she's, she can't understand fully what's going on, but I'm letting her know that there's different things in history that you may not focus on, but that that don't mean that you don't have to look at it. You, when you get home, hey, pull it up. You know they they always they're always doing book reports. I say, hey, pick a figure in in history that no one talks about and no one knows about. Let's not do the same ones over and over. Well, you know, let's, no, let's, nobody yeah, can lift ahead. you up better than yourself. You know, yes, we we I, need the, the schools aren't going to do it. They're going to teach you the basics, and it's very basics. But they're not mm-hmm. the only person to bring you up is yourself. And Correct. you proved that in the in the the legal system, there was nobody yeah. that was going to fight for you as hard as you were. Yeah, you're going to have to fight, and you know, and mentors and those type of things. I had those in my life, and I've seen in my father, and and I, I've seen my pastor, and I you know I know I have guys I can look up to in my life that are role models, and I was not going to just sit here and just be a victim to the system. As a matter of fact, I don't even I don't call people victims. I said we're survivors, you know, because when you get out of that survivor of the justice system, or even survivor of poverty, I mean, whatever whatever is your your roadblock. Mm-hmm. Well, like if you live in a poverty area, no one's going to lift you up unless you want to be lifted. You've you've got to help yourself, and then other people, the mentors, will help you. But if you don't show signs that you want to help yourself, they're not going to help. Yeah, it's very hard to help someone who doesn't want to be helped, and that's one of the things that I'm focused. My focus is on, you know, helping these kids bring out their potential because, you know, there's a difference between potential and opportunity, right? You know, potential is kind of that intrinsic, internal thing that, you know, you're capable of being something, and then you have opportunity, which is more so like a a favorable favorable situation or condition. So you may not have that favorable condition because, you know, you may not be in a, the ideal area, but you still have potential. You still have that potential. And, I, and, and that's what I'm trying to bring out of these kids. 
bring out of the, the youth that are, you know, I'm in Detroit, 84% of Detroit is African-American. The rest is, you know, uh, other ethnic groups. So it, as a whole, I'm just trying to pull that out and say, hey, let's do this thing. Well, you know, Marcus, I lived in a real rough area when I was a kid, and a lot of the friends that I had are in jail or gone, passed away. And I was I was trying to climb out. I was white. I guess some people would say I had an advantage, but I, I don't feel that way because some of my friends that were other color got out of it too. But by me climbing to reach and get out of this mess, I had people that helped me because they wanted to help me because I wanted to help myself and got me into the businesses that I did and everything else. Uh, so if I would have been like my other friends, I would have just been stuck there. And I, I would have never grown. I'd have never met Cheryl. And um, so it is up to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so this kind of leads us to the nonprofit that you're working with. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, redeemdetroit.org. Uh, I've been working closely with my community and my pastor, and we've been getting uh, programs together that are helping uh uh, young males who don't have a father figure in their life and giving them mentors, working with females who have kids at young ages and need help, and not only helping them you know, take care of their, their, their youth, but also uh, educating them on you know, things you can do to, to step out of the system and get out of this poverty and, and don't necess- you know, not necessarily fall, fall back into that victim role and say, hey, what can I do? I'm just going to step back. No, we're, we're empowering them. We're giving them that that initiative to keep going, and we're going to help them any way we can. But you know, you got to work with us as well. So when they show that hey, they they're working with us, they say hey, well, I'm willing to do like a lot of the young guys. I have them changing tires and fixing brakes on cars. Just little small things. You know, that that may not seem like a big thing to someone else, but those are small things, small skills that they now have that they can go out in the street and say hey. I can make some money now. I can change brakes. I can change rotors. I can do this. I can do that. You know, I have a little bit of a skilled trade still now, and I'm only 18, 19. I have a skill set, acquiring skill sets. That's what Redeem is all about. That is fantastic. And, you know, there are ways people can help. You're in Detroit. We're in Arizona. But there's people all across the country between you and I, and everyone can help. They can donate money. If they're close enough, they can donate time. Or they can actually look at the model that you guys have put together there and duplicate it and and bring that into their community. Because you're right. When somebody learns something new, uh, especially if something can do with their hands, it you stand a little taller, I think. You stand a little taller, yeah. Right? So totally well, agree. we could keep talking forever and always, uh, but we've got to wrap up. But one of the, the best things that I, I like about the stuff that we've talked about on air and off is that, you know, there's this thing going on in America where it's like, well, if, you, if you're trying to lift one group of people up, somehow you've got to shove somebody else down and make a negative comparison. And you're not saying that at all. You're saying, let's just lift people up because what's good for one community is actually good for all communities. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. You're definitely right. We're we're empowering everyone. You know, I I just know that people have have someone they can relate to. So of course, if I was born in the area where you were born in, and you see me leave out and be successful, you can relate to me. Exactly. You know? So that that and and I want to be able to build rapport with these people, and and the people who I who I've grown up with, and people who come in after me, and 
hey, let's give me your hand. This is not a crabs in a barrel mentality. I'm not trying to push you down and I get to the top. No, give me your hand. Let's get out together. I love it. All right, Marcus Weldon. He's got a book coming out fairly soon over the holidays, The Santa Shooter, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. You can check out Redeem Detroit's website and uh, check out his page, his guest page on gunfreedomradio.com. Thank you, well, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, stick around. We still have our number two of scary things our halloween show don collier here letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at pot of gold auction they're the genuine article pot of gold auctions off guns coins jewelry and antiques of every kind stop in and see my friends dan and cheryl todd in avondale arizona for some live auction action or check them out on the web at polygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to the Halloween edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And eat candy, too. Yeah, today we got a little bit of candy wrapper soundtrack. Or actually, I'm actually eating candy on the air. That could be the, the case. Death with that. <laughs> Brown stuff is around the mouth. Chocolate, huh? Chocolate, for Reese sure. Oh, it is all about the Reese's Buttercup. What's your favorite candy? Anything. Anything. Mostly chocolate, though? Yeah, mostly chocolate. I get a joy out of Almond Joy. Ah, nice, nice. It's all about the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup for me. Well, we are uh, having a little fun here today. It is our Halloween show, and we are talking about 
scary things. And uh, our first two guests really had uh, a lot to say. You know, Jeff Knox talking about the election coming up. Um, we had Marcus Weldon. Uh, he lived through a, a real life nightmare before Christmas where, you know, he's defending his life and the life of his coworker uh, against a guy who came at them with a firearm. And Marcus is the one that had to fight through the legal system for his freedom. You know, I had a little scary thing happen yesterday. I went to go pick up my truck mm -hmm. and a person asked me a question and it was kind of scary. <laughs> it was a scary question. He says, well, first of all, what, what were you driving? Why would he have known that he could ask <clears throat> you the question that he asked you? Because my truck says it, ha it says I sell guns. It sure does. It's got a huge AR-15 across the side of it and American flag across the hood. And, and it's loaded too. And <laughs> No. No, it's not. It's, it's just a picture. A picture. It's a picture of a loaded AR-15. Can you drive that on a school drowns? I'm I, not sure. I don't know. Probably anyway, not. he asked me, um, what kind of gun should I buy? And, you know, I, I, I looked at his size, and I looked at, you know, um, do we have her on now? Okay. No. I looked at her size, and his size, and I go, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a gun, and I, I've got a, an idea. I just get ready to blurt out what he should buy. And he says, oh, and I have two kids, and I live in an apartment. That changes the whole story. So instead of telling him, guess what kind of gun I told him to buy, Cheryl? What kind of gun did you tell him to buy, Dan? I couldn't give him an answer. I, that was not, there wasn't enough time. So I sent him to the store. I said, go to the store and tell him the whole story. Tell him why you want a gun, what you're going to do with it, how many people are going to be shooting it, how many kids are in your family, all these things. And that's what it takes. It's not really scary. There is just information that needs to well, be known it's scary before you buy to, a gun. It's scary to, to the, like him, right? He doesn't know who to ask. He doesn't know who to trust. Right. He doesn't even know where to start. And so then it's scary for, for you because you're thinking, well, if I hadn't kept inquiring, I could have actually given him the wrong information and the wrong advice. Right. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be scary and therefore don't go there. It's just, you know, find a shop like AZ Firearms that, that people have information and they're not here to sell you a gun. They're here to serve you. Right and to give you information. And sometimes people come in and they get through the whole process and what they decide is, you know what, a firearm just doesn't fit in my household for whatever reason, doesn't fit in my life, and that is okay. And we applaud that. Sure. Because if you are that self-aware, then you are going to be a part of, of being a safe citizen. And the safer we are, the, the easier it is that we can protect our rights. Okay, now. We have an amazing guest waiting on the line for us. We have Miss Shanine Allen. Now, if her name doesn't immediately jump to your mind, that's okay. But there's a lot of us who, <laughs> I hear you chuckling back there, that uh, we recognize her as the New Jersey mom who was jailed for gun possession. And Shanine faced three years in prison for a felony for merely driving across this imaginary border between the state she lived in and New Jersey. And so basically she almost lost her, her freedom and the ability to raise her children and her crime, exercising her Second Amendment rights. Ms. Shanine, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So 
Tell us, uh, uh, and my husband Dan's here too. Shanine, what happened? I mean, you, you know, you wake up one morning and then all of a sudden your <laughs> life just changes. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so um, I was getting up and uh, I went to go to New Jersey um, to throw my three-year-old at the time, a birthday party at uh, the Trump Hotel, actually. And um, we went and uh, when my way, me driving, it was just me and my kid's father. The kid was at home. Um, with my cousin because I was going to the hotel to put some decorations up and I bought him a new dog and everything and I was going to uh-huh. prep it up and um, I got stopped. It was probably about one in the morning and um, I was five minutes away from the hotel and uh, the, the cop stopped me. I was in the middle lane. There was no one on the road but me and trucks. So I didn't think he was actually stopping me. I thought that he was, you know, like uh, trying to pass me. But um, when he flashed his lights the second time, then I pulled over. Um, and when he approached me, he asked me, so he said, what are you doing here? And hmm. I said, what am I doing here? I said, um, this, this is, this is New Jersey. I mean, I'm a, I'm a citizen. I'm not supposed to be here. He's like, no, I'm just saying, are you going or coming? I said, I'm going to the hotel right there. And he's like, okay, well, license registration for insurance. And, um, I remembered that I had just went to go look for a car the day, a couple of days before. So I had my information in my purse and not in my glove compartment. So I wasn't going to go reach my glove compartment to get my information. So when I dug in my purse, uh, mind you, he was like slouched over in my in my window uh, with a flashlight sticking on my back. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I'm sorry, on my lap. Mm-hmm. And when I went to get my purse, um, I was digging in it, and I said, "Oh, just I paused and said, I just want to let you know that I have my license to carry, and um, I have firearm in my purse." And he's like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, I have my firearm is right here." He said, "Where?" I said, "Right here." So I went to get like the 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 strap of my purse to give it to him. He's like, "No, no, no, don't touch." And I was like, okay. And I put my hands up, and then he grabbed my purse, snatched it out the window, went through my purse, and then he he just emptied it out, everything out of it, on the hood of the car. And um, at this time, he I'm just sitting there like, what is he what is he doing? What did I do? And he said, step out the vehicle. He got me out, and I said, what are you doing? He said, cuffs on me. And I just start crying, and I'm like, what what is going on? You're not telling me what's going on. He's like, um, be quiet. This is this is procedure. And I said, procedure for what? That's my firearm. That's the only thing I could think of that he was stopping me because he still, at, at this point, didn't tell me why he was stopping me. Mm-hmm. So um, he said, well, you are not. Ha- you have a firearm, and it might be yours, yes. Um, I don't think that you're wrong in it because you wouldn't have just told me graciously that you had it on you, but I have to I have to arrest you. And I said, why? He said, well, my partner already put the paperwork in, so I'm sorry. I have to go along with with it because it's already done. I said, well, no, you can't. You know, you can let me go. And he said, yeah, I could let you go. I said, you still can. You know, would you just let me go? Like, what did I do? He said, there's a certain way you're supposed to have your firearm. And he couldn't tell me which way I was supposed to have it. He said, all I know is that you weren't supposed to have it in your purse. Mm. I said, okay. I said, all right. So then he said, don't worry about it. We're going to let you go. You know, you've got to process you. So once he took me in, uh, he cuffed me to the to the bench. And and I just was like, is this all procedure? Like, I'm it's my first time being arrested, and I have my feet, my ankles are handcuffed to a bench. My mm. hands is, is behind my back, and I'm sitting down. I can't move. I have to use the ladies' room. I have to do it in front of you guys mm. out in the open. Um, there's no privacy. And um, he just was trying to open my firearm the whole time. And then when he finally opened it six hours later, uh, I was trying to tell him that it had a certain safety lock on it. I had the key to it. So um, he opened it, and then they processed me, and then they switched me from jail to jail. And that's when they told me I had a saw a judge on a screen, and he told me that I was going to be sent a, a state because um, he said, I don't know what you did. 
because it was over the weekend. He said, but uh, New Jersey must want you bad enough for it, so uh, they raised your bail. It's 50000 And I was like, what? And the judge didn't even think that was fair. My first time being arrested, he said 50000 I don't know what they did, sweetie, but I'm sorry. Um, they have to send you a state. And I'm like, where? So that's when they sent me to, um, I was in, I was in uh, Hamilton County, and I was, I was arrested up there and locked up 48 days. How many? Um, How many days? 48. 48 days. You were locked up for 48 days for possession yeah. of a firearm that you had a permit for in another state. And a lock on yes. it. Yes. And my minute, my maximum was 12 years. It was 11 and a half, 12, because I wouldn't take a deal. Um, it got really messy because the judge really was pushing that deal on me to the point he was like, you know, can you instruct your client if she don't take this deal? And my, my attorney, Evan F. Knappen, great. He was just like, well... She said she's not taking the deal. So he said, well, I would give you a lesser, you know, a lesser uh, sentence if you take the deal. And I'm like, no, I'm not taking the deal. I didn't do anything. I was just like crying at the same time. Like, I'll take doing the 12 years for something that I didn't do. They were going to charge you for 12 years? Yes, 12 years is the maximum. The minimum was three and a half. What was the charge? Um, if I'm mistaken, the charge was for unlawful possession of a firearm. Unlawful possession of dum dum bullets, which was I had hollow tip bullets, uh, four of them inside of the firearm that I never shot before. Didn't even know what hollow tip bullets was when I purchased them. They just gave it to me in a box when I went to purchase my firearm the same day. Only thing I knew was the price. I said, "What's the difference between those bullets and these bullets?" And they said, "Well, these are twenty four dollars and these are sixteen dollars, which the hollow tip bullets that are so extra powerful cost less than regular bullets." And they sold them to me like that, and I got it from the Philadelphia Firearms Academy in Philadelphia, and they didn't tell me anything about don't go to Jersey or uh, come back for the training, nothing. They just gave me the firearm and wished me on my lucky way, just like it was when I went to get my license to carry. So we're reminding the audience out there that she didn't go to a different country. She was in the United States, and she went from Pennsylvania, is that right, to New Jersey? That's right. From Philadelphia. And you spent Philadelphia. 48 days in jail. And it looks like you have, what, two beautiful kids? Yes, I have two boys. They're now six yeah. and 13. They are cuties. I see them here in the picture Thank here. Thank you. And so what kind of justice is there that a, a woman gets arrested at 1 o'clock in the morning, doesn't have a criminal record, and gets arrested for transporting a firearm and taken away from her kids for 48 days, plus the expense that you had and the, uh, I, I'm sure you still yes. have nightmares about it. I still do. Every time I go to Jersey to go speak, because now I'm, a, I'm an activist, and um, I'm, I advocate all the time on, on gun rights. Actually, I'm starting a nonprofit right now um, for Shanine Island First Defense to help women with firearms education, to try to tell them the laws in their state, where to go at to get training, because they don't know, just like I didn't know. No one's out there pushing it and giving this free information to everybody so that they will be okay. I don't want them to have to go through this this, this, this nightmare. I mean, going through court and going through them fees, I'm not rich, you know. I, I didn't go over there thinking this. Good thing I had about $1,800 on me when I got arrested, because that's when they helped me survive from 48 days, and it's expensive in jail. Shane, and I mean, when, when, did this ha- when did this happen? Um, this happened October 1st, 2013, when I first got arrested. Um, and when I went public, it was, um, it was eight, it was uh, June, 2014. And when when it went public, did you have that, did they have that fine governor, uh, Christie at that time? 
Yes. And, and um, I was pardoned by Governor Christie. Yes. It, it, was, it was great. <laughs> so you were pardoned by Christie, so you have absolutely no record whatsoever. Nope, I have no record. The only thing that shows anything that had to do with my arrest is like when you do an FBI check, um, which I have that on there, but I don't have any record. I got expunged in January 2016 this year. Uh, it took a long time. It took it took longer than I expected for the state state police to work with each other in Pennsylvania and um, New Jersey to to clear everything for me. Um, but they they did, and um, thanks to you know the NRA and New Jersey Second Amendment Society, they were number one on on when it comes to helping and supporting me. They they had uh, raised money for billboards and, and and all types of different things for my defense. And I didn't know it was going to get like that. I just was trying to fight for my life because my life, my kid's life is important. And I'm glad it did because um, maybe I was the example, you know, to, to, to some change, to show right. the corruption that was happening over there. Well, I'd like to thank Christy for helping you with that. But I also question him why it could even happen in the first place. Well, and yeah. that's what I want to dig into right after we come back from commercial. You'll stick around with us, right? Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, stick around with us because we do have Miss Shanine Allen coming back on to talk about scary things like almost losing 12 years of her life for a charge of just merely possessing a firearm, no intent to use because of laws, laws that are going against our Constitution. Stick around. We've got a lot to talk about. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. I 
Welcome back to the Halloween edition of Gun Freedom Radio. <laughs> Ghostly Dan. Where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And, of course, our theme today is Scary Things. And we're talking with Miss Shanine Allen And she's telling us about some scary laws that she encountered. Uh, She is the New Jersey mom who was jailed for gun possession. She faced three years in prison for a felony for merely being in New Jersey with a handgun in her purse with a lock on it with no intent to use it for anything wrong and was still instantly arrested taken into the station and handcuffed hands and feet to a bench. This is, this is a mom of two. This is a single mom of two we're talking about here. She is, uh, and I'm going to bring you on Shanine so you can tell us about yourself, but you're, you're in the medical uh, field, right? Are you a phlebotomist? Am I saying that right? Yes, I'm a phlebotomist and I'm a medical assistant, and um, I work for the city as well right now. But um, I don't do uh, medical assistant or phlebotomy at at the time right now. I got fired before I even was even convicted from a job, um, but wrongly terminated uh, just for being in the media for a firearm. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So this is a story about you know you bought a firearm. You weren't trained at all. Now, really, training does come down to the person, but you were new yeah. to it. So the, the yeah. professionals on the other side of the counter could have, should have said, okay, so here, here's what's available to you. There's training classes. Here's what some of the local laws are. Here's some resources to help yourself. So those, right. those things didn't happen. And then... And then you end up getting pulled over for a minor traffic, you know, uh, unsafe lane change, something like that. And and then these laws that are so contrary to the Constitution of the United States that they have in New Jersey landed you in the middle of a nightmare. Definitely a nightmare. A legal nightmare. And this wasn't the threat of spending time away from your family. Over your son's birthday, you were planning your son's birthday party at the, the night that you, uh, or the morning that you were pulled over and, and incarcerated. You actually lost, did you say 48 days of your life? Yes, 48 days of my life. My, the dog was in the car, the cake, cupcakes, everything was just stuck on the side of the road. And that, 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 that minor ticket, that infraction that they said they pulled me over for, I didn't even have to go to court for that because that was bogus. It was never in a fracture. It was 1 o'clock in the morning with no cars on the road but, but trucks. Uh, what could I do? The speed limit is 65, and I was under below the speed limit. It's even on my paperwork. Um, my far side is so I don't drive to the right or to the left. I stay in the middle lane when it's dark. Uh, it was it was just it was, it was just a mess. Um, it was just a disaster. And you, so you lost, to stop me. You lost your, your freedom for 48 days. You lost your job because it embarrassed them just at the implication that something might yeah. be wrong. Not that you it's did anything wrong. You, it's down to my kids. So my kids, I didn't know where they were going to go. I was planning. 
Um, at first, I had a public defender. A lot of people don't know this. I had a public defender for eight months before I had Evanesh Knappen, and she told me to go home and kiss my kids and get ready to do um, three and a half years in prison because mm. she's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to fight. I don't know what I'm going to fight. The, the, she kept crying. He kept making her cry. My judge was horrible. Mm. I'm so glad he stepped down after my case. He did not want to reverse my charges. He did not want to take it back to the court and, and, and undo what he has done or tried to do to me. So he just um, he retired. Um, stepped down. So I, I, my public defender was just like done. She was like, I don't know what else I can do. Um, it's wrong, but I really, it's nothing I can do. I don't know what to do. So I spent a lot of money I didn't even have um, before the defense even came. I didn't even know they had defense out there in my name, um, but I had to give up 5000 from the beginning um, to even be represented. And this was on the 4th of July. And after that, that's when the, the defense came. And I can't believe when they got over $89,000 Oh. Um, to go on my defense with me and my kids, that was just wonderful. And my my son, he's 13 now, and he's going through major depression. He's just trying, starting to get out of it because we're moving, we're relocating out of Philly. But we're, we still get stopped by the police in my area because some of them have friends in New Jersey, and some don't like the fact that I've I've actually, you know, um, got out of this um, in, in a positive way. And uh, mm. they, they knock on my door and stop my kids sometimes and ask, how your mom doing? Did you hear about a shooting that happened yesterday? Where were you? Where was your mom? Mm. So, yeah, we had to move because uh, it's been wild down here. I'm getting stopped a lot in the past two years. That is um, just crazy. Now, how did you get your your case in front of the, the organizations that ended up ultimately helping put pressure on uh, Governor Christie? I, I would say that it, um, once I got on uh, uh, Chase, Chase in New Jersey was the first um, and uh, first newscast that interviewed me. And once they interviewed me and the NJ2AS got involved, they did so much actively, like getting out there, uh, giving out pamphlets on the fence. They told me not to come. They said, we want you to be safe, stay home. We got this. They started going to Governor Christie's meetings. They were standing outside with with all types of things, just out loud, speaking on speakerphones, telling them, listen, let Janine go, let her feel free, you know, pardon her. And once I, I think it got to the whitehouse.gov and um, I had over 150,000 signatures on there and change.org, they had over 30 different profiles that people all over the world made in my name to uh, get signatures. And it got there, got to the White House. And I even contacted other groups like Al Sharpton and I contacted Oprah I've gotten hung up on Al Sharpton. I've gotten, I, they hadn't done a thing to help me. The Democrats really didn't do anything to help me. I, I'll say that, uh, number one, because I went to them for help in my city um, in other places, and I've gotten help. And when I went to meet Governor Christie, you know, he just, he just had to make sure that I didn't have anything going on with my life in the past that would make him reverse anything later on to make sure I was a good citizen, you know, had to do uh, what he had to do for the pardon sure. application. But he, he just knew when he saw me automatically, um, I'm going to give you a full pardon. And the day he called me in April, um, he's like, Shanine, I grant you and your a full pardon. You can go and tell your family, and I'm mm. sorry this happened to you, and you, you know, you deserve it. Wow. And then you ever need anything, you call me, and I was so happy to stop playing. Way to go. I, <laughs> right? I'm really glad to hear that. Shanine, why don't you, you know what, if you just moved to Arizona, you know, you wouldn't have this problem. And here's what would happen. You get pulled over by a highway patrol in Arizona. They're going to ask you for your ID and you're going to say, I got a gun in my purse. And then, you know what they're going to yell at you for? They're going to yell at you because you're by yourself and you have a gun and you locked it. Okay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have it ready where, where you can use it. But so we're about out of time, but you now are 
working towards getting people trained and educated. And, and so maybe we can yeah. turn around some of these laws and stuff. So before we run off, tell us a little bit again about uh, the organization that you're, you're founding. Okay, so um, is there anyone out there that can help me? Um, I know I'm new at this. I'm still a mom every day, but I'm starting a nonprofit. I'm trying to get it started and rock off, and I'm trying to help women um, all over. Um, it just help them with firearms education, uh, just all kinds of self-defense. Um, if they don't feel comfortable with, even with firearms defense classes, anything that got to do with defense and, and trying to um, educate them on the laws in their states and in their cities and transportation, just all the things that they didn't give me and give me a chance with, mm-hmm. with information. And that's why I want to be an outreach to women and get to guide them to different places um, like you guys and even help them um, go to the ranges and tell them where to go. Because once they get that, that application and they become first-time owners, they don't know what to do. They have a firearm, but you don't know where to go and what to do with it. Absolutely. So I'm definitely helping with that. Absolutely. Well, we do put a guest page up for all of our guests at gunfreedomradio.com. And you just cl- click on the guest tab and you find Shanine Allen on there. If you got any advice for her or, or how to get her nonprofit up and running, uh, she was, she'll was she definitely uh, appreciate that. Definitely. Or maybe partner with some, some organizations that are already out there working with women, maybe like the Well-Armed Woman or or a girl with a gun, something like that. But I just love that, you know, you, you went through such a a scary thing and you stayed true to yourself. You fought the good fight and now you are an encouraging story for uh, the next generation. And, and before we run off, you say your, your kids are, they're doing okay, but they're struggling a little. Yeah, my oldest, they're they're great now. They're, they're looking forward up to up to uh, to moving. Um, they're doing better. They just every time I walk out their door, they want to make sure mommy not gonna get locked up and get taken away from them. So mm-hmm. other than that, they're doing they're going great right now, and um, they're involved act- actively as well with firearms because they're around them and because of the area. I just want them to be safe Absolutely. and know that it's okay and it's just for protection. Shanine, it's very important you get tell your friends to vote. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I'm actively in Newtown office. Anyone that's in Bucks County or New Jersey area, please come down to the uh, the Trump headquarters in the Newtown office with me and vote for Trump. Fan. <laughs> so I'm there every day. Fantastic. Shanine, I'm so sorry for what you went through, but I am so grateful that you came on and shared your story with us. And uh, it'll definitely help others. I know it will. And, and we'll, we'll reach back out and, and see how things are going in a while. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I really appreciate you having me, and um, I love you all, and thank you for your support, really. Thank you. Back at you. Shanine Allen. All right. Well, stick around, because on the other side of this werewolf howl and a couple of messages, we have a a very important uh, guest coming on to tell us about how to take the scary out of Halloween and replace it with safety with the Eddie Eagle program and refuse to be a victim. Eric Lip. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, 
hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to the Halloween edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. So Halloween, it is a time for dressing up and haunting our neighbors in search of spooky fun. How do you enjoy the holiday? While staying safe, the NRA has a program that is for devising a personal safety strategy for every day of the year called Refuse to be a Victim. And the most fun part about Halloween is the imagination it takes to put together costumes, a cowboy or cowgirl, a police officer, etc. We need kids to be extra aware as they are using their creativity to pretend that they don't mistake a real gun for a toy gun. We are excited to introduce you to someone who helps take some of the scary out of guns and replace it with safety. And the program we're talking about, of course, is the Eddie Eagle program. And the gentleman who's here to talk to us about it is Eric Lip. Are you with us, Eric? Yes, how are you? Very well. And I'm so excited to have you on and talk to us a little bit. Let's take the Eddie Eagle program First, tell us a little bit about what what that program is, what it does, and how people can can find out more about it. Sure, the Eddie Eagle Gun Safe Program uh, is NRA's uh, firearm accident prevention program for uh, young children, pre-K through fourth grade. Um, everything centers on one very easy message: that if you see a gun, stop, don't touch, run away, tell a grown-up. Um, it's not a political program. There's no judgment on firearms. It's simply about safety. So I love that. And we have actually held an Eddie Eagle class at our place of business. And we were told at the time that we cannot even have a firearm in the room visible because you just want to focus on the the learning and the training. You don't want to confuse kids during the the time that you're teaching them. And also that this, uh, you know, a lot of times the NRA People look down their nose and they kind of scrinkle up their nose. They say, ooh, the NRA. 
But if they really understood how much of their time and energy and resources go to training and safety, I think they don't sprinkle their nose a little bit. And the Eddie Eagle program is definitely an example of that. Um, so you say it's a pre-K, pre-kindergarten through fourth grade. So uh, what, what do they talk about in, a, in an average class? Um, well, it's, it's uh, the beauty of the Ed Eagle program also is that you can be taught anywhere. You know, we have a lot of folks that actually use it in schools, all the way to community safety events, to places like your events there at an actual classroom. Um, everything centers around, like I said, the simple message, though, if you see a gun to stop, don't touch, leave the area, um, and tell a grown-up. It's all, uh, we have three different level of workbooks for kids, depending on their age group, all available on edeagle.com. Um, parents can download them as well, so it's not something that you have to find the class you as well. Very good. And so why would you say that it might be important to discuss pretend versus real life with your child as it pertains to a gun? Um, well, kids are curious by nature, and they see a lot of things on TV and in video games these days. And, you know, um, in real life, that there's no re- reset button, so it's things you're going to want to talk to your children about make sure they kind of have an understanding of, of real versus pretend and uh, video games and TV shows versus what actually would happen in real life. Absolutely. So are there any important questions? You know, you're going to drop your kid off at the neighbor's house, right, or the, your friend's house. Um, are there any important questions maybe we should ask of other parents without prying too deeply into their uh, personal lives about do they have guns around or or is it really about training our own children about what to do if they encounter a gun? I, I think you're definitely going to want to educate your own children just like you're going to want to teach them you know fire and matches or running with scissors. Um, a firearm is something that they can come across. Um, so you're definitely going to want to talk to your kids. Whether you want to talk to your neighbors or where your children visit, that's going to be a personal decision. But um, parents and the firearm owners are, do take sole responsibility to make sure that anyone that comes into their homes, um, especially children or unauthorized users, that that firearm is uh, inaccessible to them. So if that's something that you feel comfortable with asking where your children go, by all means, um, make sure that it is stored uh, so it's inaccessible to children. And um, if it's something that you feel comfortable, that we, we definitely do recommend that. Very good. Well, as far as the Eddie Eagle program, before we move on to the, the other program, you, you're going to talk to us about how would we find a class for, for the Eddie Eagle? Um, the best way to go about it is simply go to eddieeagle.com. You can get the video there. There's a bunch of interactive games. There's also a, a, a tab for grown-ups, so parents can get information. Um, on that grown-ups tab, you can also find the headquarters information. So if you would want to look for something you don't find, you can email us also. Very good. All right. So then the other uh, thing I mentioned in the lead-in is how can we devise a personal safety strategy? Um, You guys have a program called the Refuse to Be a Victim Program. And uh, I think it's mostly just about increasing our level of awareness, basically. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, everything taught in Refuse to Be a Victim is, you know, nothing new or a mind-blowing concept. It's all stuff that's out there and familiar with it's been put together by law enforcement and crime prevention specialists but it all starts with paying attention um having staying alert and having a plan so that when you do see something that stands out you already know what you're going to do criminals want you to be surprised they want you to not have a plan they want you to be off guard um that puts the you know it puts the the ball in their court per se so we it all starts with being aware and having a plan well and so one thing that that i 
I myself even do is I think we we tend to trust social media a lot more than than what we really should. And so bringing it back to Halloween and we want to take pictures of the kids in their costumes and, you know, maybe tag where we are in when we take that picture. What would you say about that as far as, you know, trying to go along with the refuse to be a victim program? Is that smart? Um, we'd say if that's something that you do <clears throat> definitely want to do, then we're going to definitely say to at least don't do it in real time. Um, make sure that, you know, it's already past where your kids are. You're not going to want to put where your kids are at and where you're going out before they go there. Um, you never know who's going to be on Facebook or other sites of that nature, wherever you're posting. And a lot of things, depending on your privacy settings, it might not be as private as you hope they are. Um, so we definitely don't recommend posting in real time. We wouldn't even say um, where you're going to be going or any of your plans for that night. But if you want to follow up picture the uh, day after, um, then by all means, have a good time. Well, that's great. And also thinking about if you're tagging in real time and you're off at one of these trunk or treat or, or you know, church events where, where you can trick or treat off site from your home, you're basically letting all the bad guys know uh, your house is empty right now. Right. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, um, if they know where you're at, they know where you're not at. Also, just like you said. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, so, if you send your kid out, maybe your child's old enough to trick or treat on their own. Maybe they, that you can cut the umbilical cord and, and let them venture out with some friends. What's the the best way to to feel like they're safe out there? Um, well, I'd start with making sure that they're not truly going alone. That they're at least going with a group of friends. Uh, there's always safeties and numbers. Um, so we'd want to make sure that they're with somebody. Um, after that, I would make sure, you know, if they're going to go out the day before, possibly, it, but in the daylight even, go ahead and uh, figure out what route they're going to take. Know where they're going. Make sure that they know the neighborhood and how to get home. Um, everything looks a little different at nighttime, obviously. But you're going to want to make sure they know where they're going. Um, I'd also make sure that you take a, a picture of your child and even a group picture if they're going with whoever they're going with. That way, you know. If something does happen, they do know exactly what they're wearing, who they're with, what they were wearing. Um, you have a lot more information that way. Oh, that's such a good idea. I love that idea. Don't post it on social media yet. But yep, again. <laughs> and then uh, so they're going to walk up to a stranger's house and they're going to knock on the door. And suppose a stranger says, well, step on in, kids. I, I got my treat bowl just right over here around the corner. Yeah, I certainly would advise them not to go to any houses. I would also tell them, you know, don't go to any houses that don't have, you know, good visibility, good front porch lights, um, places that are well lit. You don't want to send uh, send your kids or have them go anywhere that's uh, not well lit also. Very good. These are these are great tips. Now, the Refuse to Be a Victim program, it, it really is geared more towards adults, right? But then adults can sure. then pass these messages on to their children. But tell us a little bit about how do we find out more about the Refuse to Be a Victim program? If you go to uh, www.refuse.nra.org, it'll give you a ton of basic information about the uh, program itself, what all the topics are covered. We actually do have a parents and children's. We have a uh, collegiate kids level also. Um, so once you do it, find an instructor, they can do more specific type courses too. So if you'd want something for your neighborhood for just the parents, they could possibly do that. But once you're at our website, the very front page has a little um, map that has to find a seminar. You put in your zip code, um, how many miles you're willing to go, and you hit the search button. It's very easy. That is fantastic. 
Well, we're going to run off and I'm going to leave folks with the Eddie Eagle song as we leave. So they get a little uh, glimpse into, you know, really how catchy it is. Because, you know, when you're teaching young kids, I think you really need to uh, find something that will kind of resonate with them and stick in their minds. Um, so we're going to play the Stop, Don't Touch, Run Away, Tell a Grown Up song. But uh, tell folks again real quick the two websites to find out about uh, Refuse to Be a Victim and Eddie Eagle. And uh, we appreciate your time, Eric Lip. Sure. It's refuse.nra.org. That'll give you all your information for Refuse and how to find a seminar. And then if you're looking for information on Eddie Eagle, it's very simple. It's just simple as eddieeagle.com. That'll have the, the DVD and the sing-along that you're about to play, it sounds like, as well as um, some sing-along games. There's a safety quiz on there and then a whole bunch of information for grown-ups as well. Fantastic. Thank you again so much for your time. You have a safe and happy Halloween. Eric Lip. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Don't touch. Run away. Tell the grown-ups. Don't touch. Run away. Tell the grown-ups. Be a part of the Gold Rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to the scary edition of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform you know, before we start the uh, Responsible Citizens Report, I just wanted to say that, you know, I met a gentleman not too long ago, and he had some kids. And they were taught to handle their toy guns as though they were real loaded firearms. And he watched them and learned from them, and he taught before it was time to go into going to the real guns. Yeah, it was neat because, you know, you kind of start with uh, the squirt gun, where really no projectile comes out for of any consequence, and then move to a Nerf gun, right? Because now you can knock over a vase or hit somebody in the eye. I actually got hit in the eye with one of those Nerf uh, projectiles one time, and it did it. Wow! Bruise that eye with that <laughs> Nerf gun. It's true. You bruise my eye out. You know, I I I can't remember, but 
how long ago, but it seems to me like when I was work, when I was messing with guns when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was taking them apart and putting them back together, and um, it was really a young age. Well, that really is your um, love of firearms. It comes from the mechanics, you know, how gears fit together and right. how things work, uh, you know, with other things. And uh, not to get too far off track, because we do have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary to get to. But uh, there's a a train, like a miniature train society yeah, somewhere did. here around town I'm here excited. in Phoenix. And I'm excited about that too because I've always wanted to have one of those small steam engine trains put in my yard and take my grandbaby around and whatever. And I found a place, it's Adobe Mountain, and they have a train park and they have like 18 miles of track, several tracks that you can become a member, or you can go on Sundays and get free rides. And so you, you bring it's your kids. Just this little miniature train that you sit on. You don't climb right. in. You sit on, yeah. right? And they're realistic trains. There was a circus train there yesterday. It's just really cool. And they go through miles and miles of track. And and I love to tinker, so I joined them yesterday. So you know, he goes out there, and he's like, oh, I'm surprised how many of the, the people out there, they're into guns. They love guns. And I said, well, it makes perfect sense because, you know, mechanical. they love, yeah, the, the mechanical mind, uh, mindedness of, of guns and, you know, working on trains and stuff like that. And anyway, I just thought that was kind of kind of neat. But all right, it is time for our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth justice and the american way well on all hallows eve right we enjoy greeting spooks and goblins of every size and warding them off with a candy treat but there exists a real threat of danger visiting us in the form of a home invasion as we welcome strangers wearing masks and disguises to our doorways often dimly lit doorways in keeping with the spookiness of decorating for this particular holiday. It is easy to imagine someone taking advantage of our friendly open door, either during the festive portions of the evening or after we've emptied the candy bowl and extinguished the porch light. Now that danger has had an opportunity to peek in to our home and see who's home, and size up just how easily he can access our house. As a matter of fact, home invasions happen every single day across this nation in states where gun ownership is legal and in states where citizens have been restricted from owning firearms. Why, earlier this very month, danger snuck into a couple's home, crept down the hallway, and stood at the foot of their bed while they slept. Fortunately, for this 61-year-old man and his 43-year-old wife, they do live in a state where they are treated like adults and are able to lawfully protect their lives with a gun if necessary. And on that night, it was necessary. No matter how fast you dial 911, they cannot react faster than a man standing at the foot of your bed who intends to harm you or murder you. Thankfully, this husband was a responsibly armed citizen and was able to protect himself and his wife while the police made the journey to their house to escort danger off to jail. Akron couple holds home burglar at gunpoint. 
WKYC, 1054 AM, October 17, 2016. Akron, Ohio. A burglar attempting to invade an Akron couple's home was held at gunpoint by the couple until police arrived. Dewan McCraney, 38, entered a home at the 500 block of Cordova Avenue on Sunday. The homeowners, a 61-year-old man and his 43-year-old wife, were asleep in their bedroom around 7 a.m. when they heard a noise. They assumed the sound was a family member returning home and ignored it until the suspect entered their bedroom. The man and woman both grabbed weapons and held McCraney at gunpoint until police came. When police searched the home, they also found McCraney's jacket on the couch. A loaded handgun was inside the jacket. McCraney was arrested for aggravated burglary and having a weapon under disability. Police say he was convicted of attempted murder in 2001. Can you imagine that, Dan? All I can say, that's love there. When two 60-year-olds both pull a gun out on somebody in a home invasion. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're in sync, you know? Well, and that's, I think it's wise that, you know, it's not just one family member who is a responsibly armed citizen and has the training. Um, now, the man was 61, the wife was 43, but uh, suppose that, uh, and as it generally happens, any predator is going to try to neutralize the threat first. So the husband would have been the first to be neutralized. And now what's the wife going to do if she has no idea right. how to activate the, the firearm or, you know, cock the gun or whatever phrasing you want to use. Um, I think it's important. And I'm, I'm so glad that this turned out the way that it did. I just a vision. Okay. The, I would love to be a fly on the wall. So you got this two couple, the couple, they both have the gun pointed at the in, intruder and they're waiting for the police to come. And I could just see the conversation now. Do you want to clean up the mess? No. Do you want to clean up the mess? Well, I'm not going to clean up the mess. We'll make him clean. You know, I just, I just think that would, that's that's what our conversation. No, would be. no more chocolate for you. No more candy for you on this uh, uh, scary things Halloween edition of Gun Freedom Radio. But you know what? It is time for. It is time for Dan's commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. An article from thetruthinaction.org, a Baltimore Sun columnist wrote an article where she stated, I am more afraid of white legal gun owners than actual murderers. What now? I'm specifically more white. I'm more afraid of legal. white legal gun owners and actual murders. Okay, I got to hear this. What what's her, her how does she back this said, up? I'm less afraid of the criminals with guns in Baltimore because I know to stay out of the line of the Baltimore's illegal gunfire. <laughs> I have the luxury of being white and middle class in a largely segregated city that reserves most of its shootings for poor black neighborhoods overtaken by the game. The closest I typically get to action is feeling the chest-thumping vibration of police helicopters flying overhead in pursuit of someone who might be a few streets over but might as well be worlds away. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Here's more. There's more. Okay. But I know 
where the legal guns, but I don't know where the legal gun owners are or how to ensure that their children, no matter how well-versed in respecting firearms, wouldn't one day introduce that weapon, they said weapon, to my daughter. Dan, Whoa. I'm, I'm embarrassed that anybody would actually say that out loud. I had trouble reading it because I'm just thinking. It just happened. I know. Okay, so wait you know, a minute. I'm so quoting she's, uh, an article. I know this is not Dan talking. He is quoting an article. So basically, this woman is saying she's racist, much, huh? Probably a little tiny lot. So, so if she goes into these minority neighborhoods, how does she phrase it? Then she she pretty much knows she's going to get shot. Well, that's a horrible thing to say right there. And then she's saying that because she's white, she gets to li- because she's white, she gets to live in these other neighborhoods. And in these n- other neighborhoods, she she's afraid of the gun owners because ooh, they're spooky. So a legal gun owner who happens to be white, I don't know why she's saying specifically white legal gun owners. If you're a if you're an Asian legal gun owner, she's not afraid of you. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway. So if she's home, she feels safe but not safe because there are legal gun owners who are white in her area. And she's also willfully uh, ignorant because she does not want her child to learn anything about guns, even if somebody is very well versed. Is that what I heard you say? Well, I read it four or five times, and I think I got that pretty well the way it is. She's afraid of people having conversations with guns at their side when there might be children around. So she would be against the Eddie Eagle program that we just talked about. Is that what she's saying? Stop, don't touch, run away, tell I, a grown-up? That I, would be I can't no judge. bueno for her? I, there's nothing I can say about what she might be thinking. I mean, this is completely. But it's a probably good thing that opinion editors like this gets published. The more the anti-gun lobby talks, the more ridiculous they reveal themselves to be. To be. Keep talking, Tricia Bishop. All you're doing is strengthening America's adherence to the Second Amendment. We might have to go over this again. Can you imagine that? I'm speechless, and that never happens. But so even that last little bit you read, that was, you were quoting right. the truth and, truth and ammo, what's it called? Truthandaction.org. Truth and action. But they're saying, you know, most of the people that fight gun control or they're fighting for gun control, mm-hmm. they're not educated. They oh really just That's, don't get it. I I don't but even know what to think about to that. Me, that makes I mean, look, look ma- that makes us look bad. I don't even know why it would make me look bad other than I happen to be a white female and she does not represent me she's, she's at not, all. She's not afraid of a murderer, but she's afraid of a man that might have a sidearm around kids. That is an emotionally based, logic-free, I mean, absent of logic, willfully ignorant group of statements that I'm actually a little embarrassed that we gave airtime to, other than to to point out it needed to be talked about in calm manners. Did I stay calm? <laughs> I think you. St- I think you stayed calmer than I did. But we got to wrap up because it is almost. Halloween time and we've got to go buy our candy and pick out our costumes. We wouldn't have to go buy candy if you wouldn't have ate it all in the studio. I'm going to blame Danny and and our studio engineer Blade 
who so skillfully read our news article because we're, we're having more and more trouble finding the videos from local stations. I think it's the election. Soon the election will be over and then uh, hopefully we'll have more. But if not, we're going to get Blade his own little doot, 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 ticker tape uh, music and, and he'll just be our newsman. All right. Well, we got to run. But until next time, please pray for this nation. We are up against the biggest election we're ever. Do that again. We are always praying for the nation. We're praying for our leaders. All of them? Of course, all of them, even the ones you don't like. Well, okay. Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.